Our scripture reading today is from 1 Peter chapter 4. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. 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 We are in the middle of a series, as you can see, in the month of November called The People of Mosaic, and we are looking at the collective impact that we can make as a church when we give, when we serve, and when we love. And if you're a guest today, especially want to welcome you because you could not have picked a better Sunday to be here because even though this message is going to be mostly aimed at Mosaic people, you, if you're new, you're going to get this sort of eavesdrop into who we are and a little bit of how we roll. And so uh, also, if you're new, at the end of this today, you're going to be thinking, that wasn't much of a sermon. Just giving you a heads up. And number one, you'd be right about that. Uh, and number two, you should know actually this, this year we've been through a number of books of the Bible, Genesis, Revelation, the Gospel of John. So we're not afraid of the Bible and the tough stuff. We love all that. But today, I just want to have a little bit of a kind of fireside chat with the people of Mosaic, if I could. Can I do that? Yes, you can. So uh, I just want to talk to you how to, uh, just in a little while, about how to live out these verses that you just heard read to you from First Peter. And so to help us live it out, I want to tell a story. Actually, I'm going to start with a story I like to tell a little bit here and there. And the story that you're going to hear today is the story of your chair. Yeah, your chair. Your chair's got a story. I'm going to talk about the story of your chair, the chair you're sitting in. Here's how that story goes. Once upon a time, there was a chair in this church with your name on it. It's true. And you were not in it yet, once upon a time, but it was waiting for you to come. And then one day, you did it. You came here, and you found your chair. Maybe this is you for the first time today. But for some of you before, you came here, and you and your chair met. Being a part of a church was like the last thing on your mind. This may have been you. Maybe you used to go to church, or, or you tried the Christian thing before, but you didn't really like it, or it didn't take, or whatever. But then someone from here at Mosaic, they just nagged you, and they nagged you, and they arm-twisted you to come, and they like offered you, you know, babysitting for free for like six times. But finally... You caved in, and you did it, and you came here, and you found your chair, but then you drove up in the parking lot your first time here, and you were kind of suspicious because you're kind of like, what kind of building is that? It doesn't really look like a church. What kind of layout is that? And then if you were here a few weeks for our fall fest, if that was your first Sunday, you're like, what is happening in the parking lot on a Sunday? with the bounce house and stuff, and you know, but you came in, and you made it into the room, you made it into the church, and you had like a checklist with you of like six things, and you said, if they do one of these, I am out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here, right? But the people, they seemed kind of warm. They seemed kind of nice, and so you, you came in, and then the band started, and that music thing was cool, but gosh, why was it so loud? It's always so loud, you know, but, but the people were really into it, and then in the middle of it, you notice there was like, there was like this one guy who had like a question, uh, and he started to raise his hand. He thought, I didn't know they could ask questions in church, and like the lady next to you, she had two questions, you know, and then there was 
a guy in the back, and he was so excited about his questions, he started jumping up and down with his questions. You thought, man, they'd ask a lot of questions here, you know. But maybe you started to feel something different during the worship, during the music. And maybe you even cried a little bit, but you weren't going to tell your friend or your spouse that. No, you weren't. But you got through all that, and you started to wonder, you know, well, how in the world do they pay for all of this? Right. I mean, it is like, I mean, they've got lights and sound. How do they pay for all of that? Especially, you were wondering that when the, when the offering started and the plate went by like a quick flyby, like, I mean, like the F-15s over a football stadium, the plate just went right past you. And you looked inside, there was like $5 and a stick of gum and a cigarette lighter. We get those from time to time. And you think there's no way they can light all that with a cigarette lighter and pay for that with like $17.32 and change, you know. But, you, you know, you didn't mind that. And then the guy up on stage talking to you, he got a little loud too. But you think, man, at least he wasn't boring. He seemed like he believed what he was talking about. And then he went home. And afterward, you thought that wasn't so bad. And then the next week, maybe even you came back. You came back. But then the next week when you came back, you made two crucial mistakes. Number one, you visited our coffee bar, which is where we give you free, addicting, caffeinated, sweetened beverages. It's like getting a free Starbucks when you come here. It's not a bad deal, right? And then your second mistake was if you're a parent, you took your kids over to M-Kids. But some of you may have been pretty nervous about handing your kids over to a complete stranger because that seems kind of weird sometimes, right? But for others of you, you didn't think it was weird at all. You loved it. You're like, you guys are going to take my children for free. You're going to take my children for free. And like, you have how many services? Can I leave them for all three services for free? Do you, do you have a Wednesday night service? You guys should totally start a Wednesday night service. Maybe Thursday night too. You know, it's pretty great. And so, but you know, the problem with taking your kids over there, not all, but most of the time, they're going to come back and they're going to say, Mommy, Daddy, I want to go back. And then some of you thought, well, there, there goes my Sundays, right? There goes my Sundays. Uh, but you kept coming and that was strange enough. But then for some of you, something stranger even happened. You came here and you kind of stuck and you found your chair and then maybe you even invited someone to come with you on a Sunday or to a service and it could have been a relative that came in town for Christmas or the holidays and maybe it was like a co-worker or some other parent from your kid's sports team but they came and the strangest thing happened then you began to experience this place all over again not through your eyes but through their eyes. And you know what happened if you what happens if you bring someone with you, they're sitting next to you and you're thinking that Sunday, you're thinking, please don't let it get weird. Right. <laughs> don't let it get weird. You're thinking, please let the band go not too short, but not too long, right? Please let the place be clean, you know. Uh, please let it, you know, be nice on that Sunday. Please let the message be great. You're, you were actually prayed for me for the first time, like to help your friend or relative. It's all good. I'll take what I can get, you know. Uh, and maybe they weren't church people either, but they didn't hate it either. And maybe even then, after that, you, you kept coming and you, you went through our foundations class and you thought like, six weeks for foundations. How long can the membership process possibly be but you thought man Brett was great and our team was great and you loved it and then maybe even you got water baptized that was amazing and then you found a community group and it was a a little bit like a fraternity rush or sorority rush you come in there's people you don't know them they're talking nice to you you know but maybe even after all of that you found your people and your church and your chair and maybe even some of you met Jesus you met your heavenly father for the first time 
But that wasn't all of you by any means. Some of you came in here not with one foot on the brakes, but with two feet on the accelerator. Some of you, you weren't a skeptic, not a church skeptic, I don't know. You were, as they say, you were a Bible-toting, Scripture-quoting, Jordan River-floating Christian, right? You knew it all. You knew the deal. You knew you could even talk in church if the, if the preacher, minister, whatever guy said something that you like. And so, you know, you could talk back and you started to say stuff like, hmm, hmm. And then the new people are all like, man, what's with all the cow noises? Uh, cow noises. I know about spiritual gifts. Heard about that, but I never heard about that one anyway. But you knew the church deal if that was you. You know, you know, you love Jesus culture. Yes, you do. Hillsong United and Kirk Franklin too. You love it all, you know. You don't, you know, you don't park in our front lot if you're a real Christian. And that's for like the, all the new people and the guests and the pregnant mothers and all that. No, no, you park in the back. And after like two weeks, you thought, I am home. And you loved it so much. Maybe you, you posted like a quote from the sermon with the hashtag, hashtag ILMC, I love my church. And some of you hashtag ILMC, my church so much that you maybe even moved closer to the church facility. Or maybe you moved on the same street. Or the same apartment complex with someone in your church. And the people there are like, man, what kind of place is, is happening here? It's like this invasion of these people from this church. But you love that your experience wasn't one foot on the brakes. It was two feet on the accelerator. And now you're here. But for either kind of person, you're here and you found your chair. And for some of you, it seems so much like your chair, you get a little grouchy if other people sit in it, right? <laughs> Just saying. But thankfully, you're not your mom or your dad or your grandparents. You don't flick the person on the ear, right? That would get weird if they, you know, you sit behind them and kind of burn a hole in their head during the worship. You're like, they're sitting in my chair. Well, maybe you just need to get here five minutes earlier. Just saying. But that's all right. That's all right. That'd be weird. So you don't do it. But for either kind of person, someone here has loved you. Someone here has served you and offered, as Peter said in our scripture reading, hospitality to you. They've offered hospitality to you and they've served you. And because of that, you found your chair, your church, your people, maybe even God here. And so this morning, I want you to think about someone. Think about someone. That someone is the person or the people or the family who is not here yet. Just like you were not here yet once upon a time. Because here's what I know. I know that someone, somewhere in our community, there is a person who is, uh, there is a husband who is begging his wife to come to a place like this. There is a wife who is praying for her husband to take her to a place like this. There is a roommate bugging another friend to come to a place like this. Or maybe a parent bribing their child to come to a place like this and experience what they have experienced. And I know where they are coming. And I know that they are coming. I know where they are coming, and here's where they're coming. They are coming to a church near you. No, they're coming here. They're coming to Mosaic, and even though I don't know who they are, you don't know who they are, I know when they're coming. They're coming in mid-January to mid-February. That's when they're coming. That's what happens. And you're thinking, man, Morgan, that seems like a long way away. You know, I'm, I, we just got past that holiday I don't even speak about in late October. <laughs> I'm a Christian, right? It's not even Thanksgiving yet. And now you're talking to me about February. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about early spring because we need and you need to be prepared. So in the spirit of 1 Peter 4, here's what I'm going to ask of you today. Here it is. I'm going to ask you to provide for others 
what others have provided for you. Provide for others what others have provided for you. Offer hospitality, Peter says. He even says, without grumbling. Oh, man, that's a trick, isn't it? Without grumbling. Serve one another, Peter says, with energy, all the strength God provides. He says, love one another because love, hospitality, good hospitality, good love, he says, covers a multitude of bad sermons. I mean sins, right? Maybe even someone cutting you off in the parking lot, on the way in or out. Love covers over all that. Good hospitality covers over all that. So I'm asking you to provide for others what others have provided for you. And actually, I'll go one step further. I'm going to ask you to provide for the next generation what you wish the previous generation had provided for you. And here's what I mean. How many times have you, have you wished, man, I wish that I had grown up in a church like this. I know I do. I, I wish that, where you don't have to pick between the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Some of you grew up where you had to choose. Or choose between my mind or my emotions, because, you know, we believe God made both, loved both, or both for you. Uh, where there's both an ethnically and generationally diverse congregation. I mean, how many times have you wished, I wished you could have grown up in a church like this? And if you had, think about how different your life might have, would have been. And so today, at this moment in this church's history, as we are growing and growing quickly, we've grown, you should know, for like 20% plus for like the seventh year in a row. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's painful. All right. Uh, We have the opportunity to do just this, the opportunity to provide for others what others have provided for you. You have the opportunity to, to provide for the next generation what maybe you wish the previous generation would have provided for you, but they did it, no fault, no blame, but they simply didn't do it. So I'm going to ask you to live out that one concept in three ways. This one principle from First Peter here in three particular ways, right? Three ways you can offer hospitality, provide for others what's been provided for you. You guys ready? All right, here we go. Then I'm going to go through these quickly. Here they come. Three ways to live out 1 Peter 4. Number one, create a plan to support your local church financially. Create a plan to support your local church financially. Last week, if you were here, you saw that we raised and we gave away nearly $65,000. $65,000 to a local nonprofit right here in our area. They work with juvenile offenders. They help them get their lives back, break the cycle of incarceration. $65,000. That's amazing. Now, do you know why we were able to raise and give away all of that and not keep one cent here for administration or overhead costs? It's because, here it is, of the nearly 70% of people in this church who have already made a plan to support their local church financially, that you should know that is way far and above the average national norm. Now, thank God, no one here wants to be an average Christian, part of an average church. How many want to say, man, I go to a totally average church? No, you don't want to go there. And we're not that kind of people. Nearly 70%, way more than the national average of people here already have a plan to support their local church financially. And they do so faithfully. Now, if you're new and you hear that, you think now, probably... Maybe you think, aha, I knew they didn't need my money. They didn't need it. So look, it's all going great here. Look, they gave away $65,000 I don't need to give here. Now, hear me. Some of you grew up in a church where they really needed your money. You know what I'm saying? And you knew they needed your money because they always talked about it. There were always the pledge cards. 
Always the big campaigns. And if you were like me, you grew up in a church where you didn't know if they were even going to make it every year. And so every December, there were letters sent home begging, pleading the church to give so they could keep the lights on and the doors open and to make up the shortfall. And some of you grew up in a church where they were like, they were like money hobbits. They asked for second offerings, like second breakfast, you know, over and over again. There was so much pressure. And many of you gave, and you gave because you felt guilty that if you didn't give, they wouldn't make it. You weren't a cheerful giver. You weren't a happy giver. You were a here-we-go-again giver, right? Because the church needed your money, and after a while, you likely just quit giving, or maybe you left that place and you came here, and you think it's all running great. They must not need my money, especially when it came time again to that offering portion of the service. It was super fast. You thought that. Now, you could go to a place where they need your money every week, but you'd get tired of that, or you could do in the end what you know is the right thing to do, and that is to create a plan to financially support your local church, because here's the thing. We do need your money, but not for the reason that you might think. We don't need your money to pay for staff. We don't need your money uh, to pay for the lights or the electricity or the carpet or the paint or whatever. That stuff is already paid for by the 70% nearly, of people who do give here. It's already taken care of. And some of you, I know you don't want to give to like bills anyway. You don't want to do that. You think, I don't want to pay for lights or sound, even though I, I, you know, gladly consume that every week. You know, you think I want to give to special things. And I want to say, I just, I want to say that's because you think you're special and you think your money's special, but I would never say that out loud. So I just think that I never tell you that. But that's okay because this stuff's already taken care of. But here is why we need your money. We are, hear me, we are on a mission to change the city and change the way that people view the church. I don't think the city just needs another church, even though I'm so grateful, hear me, for every local church in this city that loves Jesus, preaches his gospel and his word in his name. We work and co-labor with those places, but we think it actually needs us, a kind of church like this. So hear me, pick a percentage and get going already, all right? You don't even have to remember to do that. You can like schedule it on our website. It will remember for you. Ain't technology great? Yes, it is. Now, this is easy for me. I was, even before I was a Christian, I was raised being taught to tithe by my parents. I saw them do it faithfully. No money, extra money, always they gave. The fear of God was on me about whose money it was. As a high school student, not serving Jesus, I still gave, and man, on the percentage from working at that gas station, first job, true story. Every dollar I've ever made in my life, I have tithed on, and you know what? I have never lacked for anything. It's been tight, it's been super tight, but as I have, as we have, prioritized God's thing, he's taking care of our thing and my thing. And for many of you, you know that's been your story as well. So that's number one, first way to offer hospitality, to provide for others what's been provided for you. Number one, create a plan to support your local church financially. Number two, here it is. Listen, here's what I want you to do. Listen for the three little knots, three little knots. And before I tell you what these are, let me tell you where these come from. A few years ago, Carrie and I found that whenever we met somebody new and we thought about inviting them to church, to Mosaic, we always went through like this mental checklist and you know you do this, of things you go through to think, is this the perfect Sunday? 
to invite them here, right? Man, who's preaching? What are the songs going to be? What are we talking about? You know, what's the message about? What time of year it is? And besides that, let me just tell you, it's weird when you're the pastor and you invite somebody to the church because it's kind of like, hey, come hear me talk and afterward tell me if you liked it or not. It's like this whole weird thing you go through. But anyway, so we would just always talk ourselves out of inviting other people and experiencing what we experienced. And we would miss so many opportunities. So finally, we just said, who cares? We're just going to invite people no matter what, no matter which Sunday it is, because here is what we have come to know and what I believe. I know, I believe that God touches people's lives here every week, no matter who's preaching, no matter who it is, no matter what's happening. I have lost count of the times where someone's come up to me afterward, and they said, I really loved that thing you said today, when you said, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm listening to them thinking, I've done this three times, and I never, ever said that today. <laughs> Not once. Here's what I know. It's God speaking to them. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to them, despite me. That's what that means. Whoever is speaking, that's what happens. And half the time, anyway, when I meet someone afterward, all they want to do is talk about, uh, you know, who was said what during that exhortation bit at the end of the music part. Anyway, and this happens all the time, especially like when it's my wife, like it was today, that was my wife. And they'll say, Morgan, I really loved what your wife had to say today. And I think that's, that's great, really. <laughs> Not the thing I worked hard on all week for you. Spent 35 minutes talking to you about. No, no, no. You love the 90 seconds she talked there at the end. Praise the Lord. No. Again, I don't ever say that. I just think that. I would never say that out loud. And so I would just say, yes, she is amazing. I love her. She's amazing. So to help us all just get past analyzing whether or not it's the perfect Sunday to get, you know, past all like the mental gymnastics you go through. Let's just look at these three little knots and then I'm going to give you something to help you with it. Fair enough. Here it is. Here are the three knots. Number one, not in church, not doing well and not prepared for. Here's what I mean. When Not if, but when you meet someone, whether it's at the grocery store, maybe it's your exercise class, it's at the gym, it's your kid's sports team, your apartment complex, and they say, I'm new to the area, or I'm not in a church, that's your first not. That's the first little not. Or if they say, I'm not doing well. My kids are really struggling. My marriage is really struggling. My job is hard right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not doing well. That's the second not. Or if you hear the third, I'm not prepared for that job. I'm not prepared for a a relationship. I'm not prepared to be a parent. If you hear any of those, here's the one line I'm going to give you to help you do away with all like the IQ, you know, calculus level gymnastics you do and just invite someone. Here's what you do. You just push all that aside when you hear one of those three little knots and you say this one thing. You ready? Here it is. You just say, really? You should come to my church this Sunday. So let's all practice that right now. So you remember, ready? Here we go. Say this with me. Really? Yeah. You should come to my church this Sunday. And if you're from Southern California, like half the people in here are, because you've all moved here, you know, and you want to sound like you are, you can add a like totally. Really? You should like totally come to my church this Sunday. Now, I did this not too long ago. There was a dad on one of my kids' sports teams, and he was telling me that he had been through a divorce. 
It was really hard on him. He didn't know what he was going to do with his kids because he, he used to be a church. He didn't know how, what was going to happen with all that. But now he's not a part of a local church. And so he said that to me. So I said, really? That sounds like a lot. You should come to my church this Sunday. And do you know what he said back to me? This is what he said. Here's what he said. He said, I could not believe you invited me to your stupid blankety-blank church, you Christian. No, he didn't say that. He didn't, he didn't say that. No, he didn't say that. No one says that back. No, he said, Mosaic Church. Said, yeah, the one on 183 with the cool black sign. I said, that's us. He said, thank you very much. I just might do that. Why? Because that's how most of you got here. Through an invitation, not just through Google, we love Google, but most of you got here through a personal invitation from a friend. And when they invited you, you were in one of these three little not categories, right? And now, because you're here and you found your chair and your people and maybe even God, you don't drive to church every week thinking, man, I can't believe I've got to go to that place where people love me and where my life gets changed by God every week. No. So when you hear one of those, three little knots. Just say it. Really, you should come to my church this Sunday. Doesn't matter who's preaching, if you know what's going on, or if you're in children's ministry or not that Sunday. God can change their life, even if you're not sitting right next to them. You know that. Yes, you do. So that's how you can practice and do 1 Peter chapter 4 hospitality towards someone that you meet or you might get to know, because you never know how God will use that simple faith filled invitation. So number one, create a plan to support your local church financially. Number two, listen for the three little knots. And the third way to practice First Peter 4 hospitality is something I'm going to show you in just a moment. I want to set it up. I need to to say something here to set it up in specific so I can, in a moment, ask you, ask us to do something in specific. So this is totally a setup. All right, here's my setup. Now imagine, imagine if I called you on the phone, at home, right, on, the, on your cell phone, and I asked you to do something in specific for me. Now, most of the time when I call people, I usually get the, who is this again, uh, voice until they find out it's me. You know, this person in this position, and then I get to find out what they really think about me. And it's either one of two things. It's either, oh, wow, you're the lead pastor, that guy who was talking. Wow, I can't believe you called me. That's so cool. Or I get the, you're the lead pastor? Yeah. The guy who was up there talking? Yeah. I remember you. You were just okay. <laughs> True story. That really happened. So I get that. Or I get the, Am I in trouble? Voice like it's the principal (laughs) calling you at home. But this is not that. So let's imagine that I called you tonight or this week and I asked you to consider doing something for me or doing something for your local church that would make a big difference. Or if you don't like to imagine it's me calling you, just imagine it's your favorite pastor or leader or elder calling you, right? Imagine it's, it's Pastor Brett calling you because I know everybody here likes Brett better anyway, right? Because Brett is better, frankly. So just imagine it's Brett calling you and asking you to do something. And the reason you should come if I or Brett ask you to do something is because, and here is the total guilt trip part here. So pack your bags, baby. You're going on a guilt trip, as they say. All right. The reason you should come and consider doing something is because almost every weekend, especially on Saturday nights, 
When you're finishing watching that game or you're out at the movies or out with your friends, I am in the living room or I am at home and I am at home slaving over a hot Bible to get ready to come in here and serve you the next day. So if I asked you to do something for me, you would totally do it, right? Yes, we would. All right, here it is. Number three, I'm going to ask you to consider becoming a Mosaic team member. Mosaic team member. Now, here it is. It's the third way you can live out 1 Peter 4 and show hospitality to others is to, and provide for others what they have provided for you is to consider becoming a Mosaic team member and serve on a team. Now, let me just speak to you business people in here for a moment. You know if you're in the business world, that there are certain things that your company or business just has to get right for the mission of your company or organization to go for. You can make a lot of mistakes over here, over there, but if you don't get these things right, your mission cannot go forward. And for us especially, that is our Sunday morning teams where we offer hospitality and serve one another. When people ask me, Morgan, what is the secret sauce? To mosaic, what makes it great? I always say two things. I say, first of all, it is the sheer grace of God, for sure, number one. But number two, it's the amazing people we have here. We have so many amazing people, amazing parents, business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, single moms, single dads, amazing people, nonprofit leaders, amazing people. And the secret sauce then isn't someone's preaching. Some of you already know that. It's not our worship. It's the people on these teams. I have people come up all the time and tell me, I loved it here today. Today was so great at Mosaic. And I'm thinking, it was something I said, wasn't it? Yeah. But no, they say, my kids loved M kids. Your greeters are so friendly. People tell me all the time, I loved the chai tea. The chai tea. Listen, people may come for the worship or the message, but they stick because of the people. So you may be thinking at this point, Morgan, I don't want to have to babysit kids. Now, first of all, if you're a parent, it's not babysitting if they're yours, right? It's called parenting, making disciples. But second of all, we don't want you to do something you're no good at. Why? Because you're no good at it, right? We don't. But we can train you, help you to get better and excel at something you don't currently excel at. And if there were an area, we'll get to in a moment, that we didn't need you to partner with us in a moment, where we have a significant opportunity there, it's in children's ministry and not because it's going so badly. Tina and her, and her, and her group and her, and, her, and her team are doing so great there. It's not going badly. It's actually the opposite. It's going the opposite. It's because it's going so well. Here in Mosaic, every weekend we have between roughly 900 and 950 plus adults, another three to 400 kids and youth, between 13 to 1400 people here every weekend. That's one child for like every 2.5 adults. Some of you have taken that commandment to be fruitful, multiply, like way seriously. So that's an unheard of ratio. And we are so lucky. So lucky, fortunate, blessed to have that. Listen, the church I grew up in, maybe the one you grew up in, all those old little white-haired ladies, they now, who raised us, they would give their, frankly, walkers and canes to be able to minister to children and youth again if they were only there in their church, if they would only come back to that church. We have them here. See, it's a privilege and an opportunity. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. This church is... Never has been. It never will be, hear me, built on the gifts of a few. It always has been built on the sacrifice of many. 
not on the gifts of a few, but the sacrifice of many. And what many of you have tasted when you've come in here is the years and years of <coughs> countless hours from countless others, the legacy of service of those who have gone before, desiring to build a relationally warm, multi-ethnic, powerful, dynamic ministry environment. And here's what you need to know. You really, you love this place because others have done that for you. And maybe if you don't do that in turn now, you begin to dilute the power of what other people have sacrificed to create. So let me encourage you, get on a service team now, make friends, sacrifice. It keeps this church what you want to be a part of. And let me tell you, this isn't out of the question to ask. This doesn't even cost you any money. It doesn't. It's free. Free to serve, right. This is just asking you to live out 1 Peter 4. Offer hospitality without grumbling. To serve one another. Why? Verse 11. So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Can we do that together? Yes, we can. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Become a Mosaic team member if you're not already. And here's what that means. All right, here's my pitch. We're asking you to commit for at least... We're moving to this kind of rotation. Six months, six months, maybe more. We hope you stay longer. We hope you stay like for forever. But at least six months, we're gonna try to make it so great as you wanna stay. But six months to an area of service. Now we've got many areas here, but today we wanna put a special focus on five. On five here, those five, first of all, M kids. The largest number of opportunities here because, not because we're needy, but because it's simply the largest area we have in the church. So M kids first, second ushers, third greeters, fourth coffee bar, and fifth Kai Street Sunday team. Kai Street Sunday team. That's our team that works with our guests from the homeless community to make sure they are served and taken care of when they show up here on a Sunday. Now you can sign up for any of these teams from youth, production, anything else. But these are the main five we have the greatest opportunity in right now to make sure we are ready for the coming year. And our goal, hear me, is to increasingly improve how well we train and how we schedule you and how you can be great in these areas. Our goal is not for people, hear me, to serve in three, four, five areas and burn out. Not our goal. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't want you to do that. We're moving quickly to a place where we're not going to let you do that. Not going to let you overachievers anonymous do that because your life and your family are too important to us. And yes, there's going to be a high level of commitment. Yes, some sacrifice. But our goal is not to create martyrs unnecessarily. People who die serving their church. No, working on some great feedback systems to monitor people's health, emotional stamina, all that, and to show you how much this means to all of us and how much you mean to us. We're actually bringing in Alvin Brown part-time as the pastor of guest experience. Pastor of guest experience in the coming year. In case that phrase sounds funny to you, all that is is a practical title of a theological concept. It's a hospitality pastor making sure people are served well. We're living out First Peter 4 well. That's what he's doing. That's what we're doing. That's the opportunity you have to be a part of that. So here's how you get started. First of all, number of ways on the screen. You can go to the tables and, oh, there you go. You can take a picture of that. Here we go. That's like what the QR code deal. You can pick up your phone. Yes, phone's going up all over the room right now. You go to that link on the serve, mosaicchurchaustin.com. Scan that with your phone. Uh, you can go to the app today. You just open up your app, Mosaic app. If you don't have the app, get the app. 
That'll be right there. Or you can go to the tables in the lobby and look for the amazing people with the orange shirts on. Pastor Brad, Pastor Mark, would you come up here? Just turn around for a moment and model our orange shirts for us. Okay, just easy, fellas. Just easy. Seriously. Seriously easy. All right, there we go. Orange-shirted people. In the Enough of that. Sit back down. Sit back down. Sit back down. Not going to forget that, are you? All right. Now, once you sign up, hear me, there's nothing for you to do until the coming year. You enjoy Thanksgiving, enjoy Christmas until January 12th. We'll have a training on January 12th, our M-Serve, where we will inspire you, train you, and thank you for what you're doing to live out 1 Peter 4 and offer hospitality to those who are coming in the new year.